25. Praise the Lord. 525. Let's read. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the baptism I told you last week right with the baptism of water by the word verse 27 that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that it should be holy without blemish that it should be holy without blemish so the plan and purpose of god for his church his bride is that it should be presented a glorious a glorious and he says the characteristics of a glorious church is what without or or blemish so holiness is the identifying mark of the glorious church and this is so important that it is this characteristic that actually hastens or speeds up the coming of the Lord can I show it to you uh, Peter Peter uh, let's see Peter chapter 3 if I'm not mistaken Let's read Peter chapter 3, 2nd Peter. Are we there? Let's read, uh, let's read verse 14 and then we'll read verse 10 to 13. 14 first. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace there's that thing again without and let's read verse 10 but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night so it's unexpected right in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the element shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness then listen to listen to what he says right verse 12 looking looking for he says what manner of men are you to be looking for and 
hastening to speed up it says looking for you are looking for the the coming day of god right it says looking says we what men of men out you and me be who are looking for right the day of the god the coming of our god and also the hastening he says you your holy conduct and your godliness hastens speeds up the coming of the day of god so that tells you and me that really what god is waiting for is a a number a number in the church that would attain the stature of godliness and holiness that is required for the coming of the great day of God to be triggered. Look at it. Look, let's read it again. Seeing that all these things shall what? Shall, shall be dissolved. Right? What men of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of our God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the element shall melt. So this day is waiting for something. You see that? This day is waiting for something, for the consummation of the holiness I mean, the consummation of the stature of holiness within a certain number in the body of Christ. Remember, not everybody who is in the kingdom belongs in the kingdom. And God knows it. He knows it. So there is a day of sifting, and the sifting will not come by a, a, a dividing line set. Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said about the test, He says, let them grow together. Let them grow until they show their true colors. So really, how one differentiates or can differentiate between the wheat and the tares is really by the harvest. When harvest come, it will be revealed who was who. So the true Christians will blossom into statues of holiness where their physical bodies will be changed. So there is a process according to what we have discussed here that seems to prioritize a genetic preservation. Not only through the salvation of soul, the eternal redemption of the soul, but the redemption of the physical body. Let me ask, let's ask some questions. Okay? Is God unreasonable? Yeah? Is God unreasonable? He's not unreasonable. Yeah? So why would God take genetic manipulation so serious as to destroy the whole world? If genetic integrity was not vital to God, 
God would not have destroyed the whole world. Now, you can say, but it was foreseen that God destroyed the world. It was not foreseen. People were sinning. And people are still sinning now. God is not destroying the world. But he says, in the culmination of the end of the age, when people begin to mix species of different kinds together, he says, that will be the sign of what? Of the coming of the Lord. And he's telling you and me today that our conduct in holiness, our conduct in godliness hastens the coming of God. So there are two, there are two uh, indicators or signs that would lead us to believe that we are coming into the age of Christ or the age of the second advent of Christ. He says number one is when men begin to corrupt their flesh. Number two is when the church, true church, glorious church of Jesus Christ begins to rise in the stature of godliness and holiness. The reason why there's no power in the church is not because of the Holy Ghost. The reason why there's no power in the church is because of a, 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 a lack or the absence of holiness. Remember, the Holy Spirit is called the Holy Spirit for a reason. Holy Spirit is not His name. Holy Spirit is not His. His name is Jesus. Holy Spirit is not His name. Holy Spirit is, is His nature. Is the character of His function. And the Bible doesn't say Spirit. It says Holy Spirit. Hagios Numa. So He's the set-apart Spirit for a reason. And it was by the spirit of holiness that Jesus was declared to be the son of God with power. So it is the spirit of holiness that really ushers or brings about the manifestations of the sons of God. Hallelujah. It is the spirit of holiness that is responsible for the rearing or the maturing and manifestation of the sons of God. Okay, let's read it. Romans chapter 1. No, wait. Not everybody. Romans chapter 1. Chris, read it. Because I want you to stay there. All right. Then we go, we go to Genesis. Romans chapter 1. Chris. Read where it talks about the spirit of holiness. I think it's verse 3. Yes, our Lord, right? Who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Yeah? And declared to be the son of God. Declared to be the son of God. So according to the flesh, he was the son of David, right? But he was declared the son of God, yeah? According? With power. According? According to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So he says, the spirit of holiness declared him the son of God with power. The spirit of? The spirit of? The spirit of? 
what what is the first sign or the first spirit that will be manifest before the arrival of the antichrist what will declare antichrist the son of satan the son of the serpent with power because antichrist is going to have power what is the the spirit that will declare him the son of serpent with power the spirit of the spirit of so a rise in the spirit of lawlessness is an indicator that the coming or the manifestation of the son of perdition is at hand because he will function according to the Let's read. Can we read it? Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. Peter. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody. Mike. Mebuza Papama. Arise, you slumbered. Christ shall give you light. <laughs> How's the Bible? Yeah. Read Mike. Uh, chapter ch Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two. Verse. Read from verse five. Okay. No. Let's read from verse three. Ah. Let's read from verse one. Second Thessalonians chapter. In fact, let's everybody let's go there. We'll come back to uh, Second Peter. Ne? Second Thessalonians chapter um, two, verse uh, from verse one. Michael, read it. Now, brethren, yeah. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. So this is concerning. The coming of our Lord, right? And our gathering, it's talking about the rapture. Ne? Right? Yeah. We ask, you we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind, yeah? Or troubled. So, he says, don't, don't, don't be perturbed, don't be moved. He says, one of, one of the signs, one of the signs of the coming of the son of god he says you will hear that the, the christ is here and there. he says don't listen to them he says don't be deceived by that yeah spirit or by word nor by letter as from us. as the day of christ is at verse 3 Let no one deceive by any means for that, day will not come. that day shall not come that day shall not come not come shall not come he didn't say that day shall come he says that day shall not come so there are things there are events there are circumstances situations that can either shorten or lengthen the coming of that day he says that day will not come it will not come this is the bible this is the scriptures it says that day the day of the coming of our Lord, and our rapture, our gathering uh, together unto Him. He says, we will not come, yeah? Unless, 
unless so can you see it that the coming of the day our rapture is dependent on something says it will not come unless you see some people say some people say let me tell you let me tell you if god had found in every generation the 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 right number that would meet the standards and the requirement he would have come see the it's one of the mysteries the bible says not even the angels know nor the son of god but it is kept in the mind of the father yet this man is revealing the character of the day what is that telling us that there is something the coming of the day of jesus is dependent on yeah no it's a fixed day in the calendar of God, it's a fixed day. But the, in the event of civilization, it's not so fixed. Let's read. Unless... So the first thing that will happen is that there will be the what? The great falling away or the revelation of apostasy. The word falling away there is the Greek word apostasis. It means defected ones. He says that they will not happen until the defects or the defected ones are removed. You see, you see why, why? Why I said to you that there are many things in, in the dealings of God with mankind and civilization that is fought and decided upon the platform of genetics, not spirituality. I ask a question, I propose to you. If, if God in the days of Noah, in the antediluvian age, if he had found somebody who was spiritual but, not, but genetically compromised and somebody who was genetically uh, 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 integral, uncompromised, yet unspiritual, who would we go with? What, what, what makes you base your answer on that? So, so in that in that in those days genetics will triumph over spirituality so genetic preservation was important to god because it has to do with the revelation or the the impersonation the representation of god to man remember man was made in the image of god now when that image is compromised how is then god represented in the galaxies so genetic integrity is important to god because man was made in the image of god for a reason to reveal god to creation so one of the things god protects more than anything is is genetic preservation the, the 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 genetic coding that makes man be in his image now when that thing now becomes compromised it's a, it's a problem because now god does not have any representations So he says, unless the great following way happens, the apostasy. So there will be a great falling away. There will be those who will be spotted, who will be wrinkled, who will be unfit 
to be included in the glorious church. See, there is a pattern in the heavens. There is a pattern. A third fell away. A third fell away. Two thirds were left. A third fell away. In 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 the in the in the in the uh, administration of the kingdom is not a third; it's fifty percent. So, at least fifty percent of all Christians, fifty percent, will fall away. Where did the enemy sow the tares? In another man's field? No, he sowed the tares in the field where the Lord, the master, had planted. So it says, Un until the what? The great falling away. So there's, a, there's going to be a great... Yeah? Oh, wow. Can, 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 you, can you read that again, Mike? So one thing will happen. First, there will be a falling away. That means those who are genetically defected will be swifted off the church. Right? Yeah? And the men of Ooh. Ooh. So he says that we will see Antichrist. The doctrine, most doctrine says that Antichrist will come after the church. But the Bible says it will not happen unless and until what? The man of sin is what? Revealed. So the man of sin will be revealed while we are still here. Hallelujah. Hello. Do you know okay? Do you understand anything about eschatology? Study of the end times? Yeah? Okay. Let me give you some, a summary of eschatology, right? Eschatology is the study of the end times relating to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Right? Now, Jesus, remember when, when, when Jesus ascended in Acts chapter 1 and they saw him ascend and he was taken up in a cloud? And when they look down, the angel says, hey, why are you so surprised? Because the same Jesus you see going up will come back again in the same way. So Jesus is going to come back, right? Why? The second coming of Christ to us, the Bible calls it our salvation. Our salvation. So there are actually two comings of Jesus. All right? There are actually two comings of jesus in this second coming of christ the first one is the rapture the second one is the is for the institution of the 1000 years of reign with jesus the second one that's where he will land on the mountain of mount olives and split it asunder that's when he will go and sit in new jerusalem i mean not new jerusalem sorry in uh, israel in jerusalem so jesus is going to come back physically for a thousand years 
But before he comes back for that thousand years, he's going to take us and to heaven for seven years. Now, what's going to happen in that seven years? Remember, God, how God judges is not the same way we think. God's judgment, the fullness of God's judgment only comes when he is allowed sin to reach its consummation. So that seven years is the seven years where Satan will reach his consummation in the earth because he must give him time. And that is when the lease of Adam on Satan expires. Are you following me? So that seven years is actually a seven years of judgment. And that is what the book of Revelation is all about. The book of Revelation covers the seven years. So you, you, you notice in the book of Revelation is chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. The first three chapters are to the church. Right? Chapter 4, uh, he said he was caught up. Right? So chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, he says, I heard a voice saying, come up hither. So from chapter 1 to chapter 3, addresses the church. From chapter 4, chapter 5 onwards, there's no mention of the church. That means from chapter 5 right up until the end is actually the opening of the seven seals, which deals with the seven years of tribulation. Now the church, will, the glorious church will not be there at that time. Because in, in the first, because in that seven year tribulation, there's two periods. There's the three and a half years of peace where Antichrist would have made peace on the earth. The whole world will have peace for three and a half years. And while they cry out peace, peace, then suddenly destruction strikes. That is when now people will be what? Will be imprinted with the mark of the beast. Because you must know, Satan doesn't want to suffer alone. He doesn't want to go burn alone. He knows it. So he's going to try and take as many people as he can. Right? So when that happens, when he sits himself as God in, in the temple of David, that's why there's going to be the rebuilding of the temple of David. The book of Acts talks about it. That's where the Antichrist will come and make himself as God. I'm giving a summary, a summary right? He will make himself, sit, he will sit and declare himself God in the sanctuary. When he does that, it will be the seven years. When the seven years culminates, what we will be doing for that seven years, the Bible calls it the banquet of Christ. That's the marriage of the Lamb. So the rapture is actually the marriage. It says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's when we will receive gifts, the judgments of the saints. The judgment of the saints is the giving of gifts according to the works we have done. So that's when we will see people being given awards, people being given cities. You have been faithful over little. Here, take 10 cities. That's when we will be seeing. Why? Because when we come down the second time, we are coming to rule. So there will be some who will be presidents of entire nations. There will be some who will be mayors. There will be some who will be governors. There will be some who will be... Yes! Because it is, he says, and we, Christ and his people will reign. So when we come back, we come and reign from Jerusalem. And all the nations will come and give homage and patronage to us. So they'll come pay taxes in Israel. Now, what, what's strange during the thousand years is that right in Jerusalem where the throne of God is, there will be the lake of fire. It will be open for everybody to see. That's when you read Isaiah chapter 60. Right? So, for a thousand years we will be reigning. So, not everybody will die when Christ comes back. You understand? Not everybody will when Christ comes back. 
So there might be some people who are still alive. Right? But they would be imprinted. So for them, there is no, absolutely no, no going back. You mean even when Jesus is reigning? Absolutely. So when Jesus comes back, the Antichrist and the false prophet, they are thrown into the lake of fire. All he does, remember what Enoch said? I saw the Lord and 10,000 of his saints coming down to the earth. So that's what eschatology really is about. Right? And Paul is, is, is explaining a little bit about that. And he says the day of the coming of the Lord will not happen until people defect from the truth. When you see a large number of people beginning to migrate away from the truth, you know we are close. We are close. You see, that's why I, I told you, I said to you that all this uh, COVID-19 global agenda, it was a, it was a rehearsal. It was a rehearsal. Rehearsal of what is to come. You understand what I'm saying? So he says, and the man of sin revealed. So Antichrist will be revealed while the church is here. So we will know who Antichrist is. Yeah. Read Mike. Yeah. The son of so I asked you, I said, by what way, by what sign, by what spirit will he be introduced in the world? Right? Let's read Mike. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that, that is called God. Yeah. Or that is worshipped. So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Yeah. I told you these things. And now you know that is what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Did you, see, did you hear that? He says, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his own time. So there is something restraining. There's a restraining power. There's a restraining force that's keeping Antichrist from being revealed. That, remember when I told you that Satan is trying to push his agenda ahead of time? Remember? Remember? How was it possible that he could do that? Because it might mean that there, there must have been a breach of systems in the withholding force of Satan. So he must have done something to the system that withholds him first before he can begin to begin to do all this kind of crap he's been doing. So I can tell you what he did. He bewitched the church. He bewitched the church. And in the church's slumber and spell, he went into action. Because it is the church of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It preserves. Jesus said you are the light of the earth. What is light? Bury against darkness. So he's trying to be revealed before his time. But God forbid. Right? And now you know what we hold it, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery, Ashiv. For the what? The spirit of lawlessness doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken away. Then shall the... Can you see how it will work? What's going to happen? 
So what's going to happen? That means there will be probably some few months when the Antichrist is revealed to the whole world. And then he says, all of a sudden, Jesus. So how will rapture come? Jesus will come and he will stand in the air. He will come, you know, like Superman standing in the air. He will come on the clouds, standing in the air. When he comes, he will come with every saint that died. Every saint from the time of, of, of Noah up until now, he will come with them. Every saint that died will come and stand in the air. Because they were the first fruits. Right? And then what will begin to happen is that every person that died in Christ will, will come from the tombs. They will rise first. So it will be a spectacular event. Paul says, Behold, I show you me, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be caught up to be with the Lord. First, those who died in the Lord shall be caught up together with the And then, us who are alive. That means Paul expected to be alive. <laughs> says, Then shall we be forever with the Lord. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Two shall be in the field. One shall be taken. The other will be left. Then you see them. Then global headlines. They are gone. They are gone. Your neighbor will be looking for you. Hey, hey, oh my God, only two weeks are born. You're gone. That's, that's what today we, we are waiting for. Our hope. This, this is the hope we are holding on to. That is coming back for us. It says that where I am, you may be also. See, even if your friends go away from the Lord, remain. They'll be crying after you because the first people that will receive the severe rod of persecution are those who are left behind. Satan won't play with them. Good. No, not every Christian will be raptured. Some will enter the kingdom through tribulation. <laughs> they will enter through tribulation. That means they would have to go through the... <laughs> That's seven years for a Christian on earth. <laughs> yeah, but they were cleansed, but no, it don't work. He that endures to the end shall be saved. You see, that is the gift of the glorious church, immortality. That's why I say it's genetics. The, because the glorious church is the generation of the church that will not die. He that believeth on me shall not die, shall never die. He says, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Why? Because he said, I am the resurrection and the life. So the glorious church is a church that mirrors Christ in all his dimensions. And one of them is immortality. It says he has brought to light immortality through the preaching of the gospel. Immortality. 
So the glorious church will reach a certain peak where, where, he's, where what, what, what David said will become a reality. He reneweth my youth like an eagle. Where we will begin to de-age. That's the glorious church. That's, that's the goal of those who have been, the elects are striving for. If you are not striving for that, you cannot be, you cannot be given that gift. Listen, even, even Enoch, even Elijah, when they come back, they will die. They will have to die. In, in, in the dispensation of creation, the only species of creatures that will not die is the glorious church. All others must die. Enoch is a pattern. Elijah is a pattern. That there is a reservation that God has made for a people that will not taste death. Now for that to happen, a person needs to be thoroughly genetically cleansed. There, would be, there should be no, no stain, no, no coding of death in you. That's why he says that, that he might present her a glorious church. Through the washing, the baptism of the water by the word. Because it is the word of God that has the power. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. When Jesus raised the dead, he showed that it is not God's will for people to die. Otherwise, he would not raise them. He would not raise them. So people die because there's something, there's, some, there's, there's a failure, there's, there's some corruption in the system. Doctors, doctors, doctors say they don't understand why people die. Because every few years, your, your, the, your, your body replaces cells. They say they don't understand why people die because your body regenerates itself every few years. So the, the cells in your body now that you have are not the same cells that were in your body when you were 18, when you were 15, when you were 16. They are totally new. But they don't understand why people die. Is this thing I'm telling you, genetics. 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 Hallelujah. So he said, we hasten the coming of the day of the Lord. We hasten the coming of the day of the Lord by our holy conduct. So when, when the church reaches a stature in holiness, the, 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 he says creation is groaning and travailing for the manifestations of the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? Sons of God are those who have reached a caliber in the spirit where they have attained the same holiness as the spirit that's in them. That's, that's what me and you are called into. This is the Christianity of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay, let, 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 me, read, let, me, let me read you uh, let me read you a scripture quickly. Let, let me read you a scripture and then we go to Romans, Romans chapter 5. I want to read you a scripture quickly. To blow your mind. Hallelujah. Uh, second, uh, second, second uh, Timothy. Second Timothy chapter one. Maskiza. Thank you, Jesus. Second Timothy chapter one. 
genetic warfare. The race to, to, to arrest and subjugate your genes. Demons cannot handle holiness. No, no demon can stay in a holy body. The presence of a demon in your body tells you something. Holiness is not nature. <laughs> Do you hear what I said? Holiness does not refer to nature. Holiness is a character that you grow into. It means to be set apart, reserved for something. Now, if your body is not holy, that means it's not reserved for the Lord. Therefore, it can be manipulated. Therefore, it can be hijacked. That's why I said holiness is a preservation system of the glorious church. That he might present her to himself holy. Holy. Because that's what's going to keep you free from devils. Because once you are holy, that means you are God's property. That's what holiness means. And the process is through cleansing, sanctification. Hallelujah. Let's read. What's up, boy? Oh, ah, it's fine. Praise the Lord. You, you, you get that? Now, now let's look at let's look at look at something. Second <laughs> um, Timothy chapter one, ne? verse eight. Be thou therefore, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us. Yeah, who hath saved us? God hath saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works there's a calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in christ before the world began now if it was given you before the world began that means you were you were okay do spirits Spirits, spirits die. Yeah, they don't die. Spirits don't die. Hello, do spirits die? Spirits don't die. Are you sure? 100% sure, confident. The spirits don't die. Yeah, so I asked a question then, where or when are spirits born? Are they born in time? Are spirits born in time? They are born where? They are born? Spirits are born outside time. Spirits are born outside this time dimension. Right? So if, if, if he says he gave you this calling before time began, 
or before the world began. That tells you that you were alive somewhere before you came to earth. Now, let me ask another question, right? Let me ask you a question. The Bible talks about the book of life. What is the book of life? What do you think is the book of life? Is, en- is everybody born written in the book of life? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Everybody's born written in the book. We all agree. Yes. Doesn't matter who they are. Right? Yes. Doesn't matter who they are. Yes. They are born written in the book of life. Yes. So what is the book of life? Okay, is, is the book of life alive? <laughs> okay. Is the river of life alive? Is alive. Is the book of life alive? So what is the book of life? Come. You're close. Come. What is the book of life? Okay. God writes to record, right? So what is a book of life? It is a record. It's a record of what? Every spirit that God ever created. That's what the book of life is. A record of every spirit that ever came out of God. Hello? 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 So, when was the book of life written? If, 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 the book of rec- if the book of life is a record, there are two books. There's the book of the, the Lamb. Of, ne? And then there's the book of life. The book of life. If it is a record of all spirits that ever came out of God, when then was it written? Before or after the spirits came out of God? Before. Before. And it was, not, and it was before the world began. Wow. Wow. So, so the book of life is a record of every spirit that ever came out of God before the world began. So were, were our spirits created at the same time? They were. They were. Wow. And your, our spirits had consciousness. Our spirits were away. Yeah? They were away. Wow. So your spirit was born with the knowledge of your calling, your destiny, your life. But it was, it was to be born in a body that was prepared for it. Right? That body needed to know what your spirit knows. How was that body going to know what your spirit knows, who you were supposed to be? There was supposed to be what? A coding. Information passed from your spirit into your body via the, via the, via the. And there's a way, there's a way the Bible refers to genetics. It's called the, it's called the, the. It's called the uh-uh. 
No, the Bible, Bible terminology for DNA genetics. Mm-mm. Bible, blood, blood. blood. <laughs> what? Blood. blood. So the coding, the knowledge of all you are supposed to be, God transferred it into the. Okay, let's let's find out, right? Leviticus. No, wait, I didn't finish reading here. Let me finish. I need to finish. I need to finish so that you understand something here. Who had saved before the world began, but is now made manifest. This calling is now made manifest. I want to show you the calling. I want to show you the calling. Some of you think the calling is the work. No, the calling is revealed here. Listen, is God immortal? Is God immortal? Is God immortal? Is God immortal? Is God? God is immortal. If me and you are made in his image and we are to be representations of God, what, what's the one characteristic that is, should be expressed by us? But now... Listen, verse 10. But is now made manifest. The calling. The calling is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who hath? Wait. Who hath? Jesus, our Savior, hath? Hey. Jesus, our Savior, had? Jesus, our Savior, hath? Annihilated death. Jesus, our Savior, he hath abolished death. And did what? Brought what? Oh, do do you have the life of God? (laughs) He brought life and immortality. Do you have the immortality of God? Do you have? You do. Pastor, where is it? It's in what we call sleeper cells. Is in what we call sleeper cells. So every child of God, born of the Spirit, has that life. Remember what he says. If the Spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken. What part of your body will be, will he quicken? The, the, yes. He will also quicken. I mean, your body's alive now. Before the spirit came, the, your body was alive. You were functioning. So what part of your body will the spirit quicken? What part? What part? What part? So your body, by the spirit of God in you, is supposed to undergo the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was no more blood. He was only flesh and bone and spirit. No more blood. No more? That's why you could walk through walls. Because what makes you a man is blood. What makes you the son of God is spirit. 
So he says, by the spirit, he will quicken your mortal bodies. Mortal body means dying bodies. So you will quicken it into what? Into the resurrection of immortality. He will resurrect immortality in you. That's the goal of the spirit. Genetics. It's not spirituality. Genetics. So he says he has brought life and immortality through what? To light. Through what? Through the gospel. See the gospel. See the gospel. You see the gospel? Okay, fine. Let's, let's leave that. Leviticus. Leviticus and then I, wa- I, want, I want us to go to uh, Romans. Yeah. My course, right? Because we're in my course. Leviticus chapter, I think, 17, if I'm not mistaken. So, so your spirit and your body now are at war because of sin. So your spirit can effectively communicate destiny. Can effectively communicate. So your biology has been messed up by sin. So what does God do? This is amazing. This is amazing what Jesus does. What Jesus does is that the Bible talks about the washing of regeneration. You know, you know that? Okay. Hold on here. Ne? I think it's Titus. Ne? I think it's Titus. Um, Titus. Okay, there's only one chapter. Oh, there are three chapters in Titus. Titus chapter 3. Yeah? Am I, am I right? Ch- Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Right? He says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He what? He saved us by the washing, as you, by the baptism of regeneration. What's regeneration? Reproduction. So God reproduced our spirits, regenerated our spirits. How? Remember, Jesus said to Nicodemus, or oh, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Which he shared on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, 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 remember, 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 uh, Warren, remember, uh, remember Jesus and Nicodemus, right? Remember what Jesus said? Yeah? What did Jesus say? Unless one is born, born, born. Now, the word they're born again, what does it mean? Born. Jesus said, I am from, that's why I said to you, Jesus was the first born again man. People say, no, Jesus was born again after the resurrection. No. He is the first born again man. He said, I am from above. You are from beneath. That's what being born again means. It means to come from above. So Jesus was saying, unless a a man's spirit comes from above, he cannot enter the kingdom. So being born again means to receive a spirit from heaven. A spirit from above. Right? And that spirit is what made you a new creation. Remember, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
altogether. You, you're, you, are, you have now bypassed. Uh, <laughs> you are human upgraded. In reality. It says you are a new creation. A new creation of species. The divine, the sons of God. And that's what creation is waiting for. The lib- for the liberation of the sons of God. Right? But now, you have a new spirit, but an old body. The body you were born again with is the same body you have now. And that is the same body that has experienced all the sin, all the genetic uh, uh, failures, all the infiltration of sin. So Jesus destroyed sin in the flesh. So legally, sin should not have any legal rights over your life, any dominion over you. So you have a new spirit, but it's in an old body. So what what does God do? He gives the holy spirit right he gives the holy spirit to become the regulator of the body so that our lives no longer be regulated by the sin flesh but by the spirit so the organs everything is now should be it should be not that it is it should be under the regulation of the spirit So the presence of the Spirit in your life is actually God's down payment. That the body will be redeemed. Okay, let let, let, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you, okay? Let me show you Ephesians, 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 Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Which verse? So the, the final thing to happen uh, to you in your salvation process is the immortalization of the body. It says, for this mortal must put on immortality. <laughs> it says, even we are groaning within ourselves to, uh, to strip ourselves of this tabernacle. There's a reason. The stripping off of the tabernacle is the putting on of a new tabernacle. Because your body can't go into heaven like this. You can't. God said to, to Moses, no, no flesh can see me and leave. Because your body does not have the genetic capability to handle the glory. That would tell you what happened to Enoch and Elijah. They were dressed with a clothing, a coating that enabled them to live in the heavens. You see that? Let's read. Let's read. Yeah, Eba Verse 13, 13, read. In him, you also trusted. Yeah. Ooh. You will see what the? Yeah. Of promise. He's the Holy Spirit of? What promise? What, what is God promising you? What is the promise? The redemption of your body is is about genetics. The promise is about okay. Read, read. You'll see. Who is the guarantee? The deposit. The d. The d. When you place a deposit on something, you are doing what? You are putting surety that you're going to buy this thing, right? So the Holy Spirit is a deposit. A guarantee, the deposit, that's the word there. He's the down payment of. Until the 
Ah! Ah! Until. So there will come a time where you will not need the spirit to regulate your body because the spirit will not be regulated. Remember what Jesus said, as the father hath life in himself, so hath he given the son to have life within himself. It is self-regulatory life. So it's a life that does not need or it is independent from any source of sustenance. So the, and he says through the gospel, he has brought this life and immortality to light. To show us that, oh, our calling is to be demonstrators, expressors of immortality. So he says, he gives you the Holy Spirit as a promise until the redemption of the purchased possession. What is the purchased possession? Your body. You see, your spirit was not redeemed. Your spirit was not bought back because Satan did not have rights to the spirit of man. What he had rights to was to the bodies of men. So he says, he gives you the spirit as a down payment until the redemption. When God now begins to clothe you with immortality, the redemption of the purchased possession. Yeah? Hallelujah. 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 Until you are genetically infallible. So he gives you the Holy Ghost. That's why the, the death of Jesus was on the wise of blood. On the wise. It was not a spiritual thing. It was a physical thing. It's genetics. He could have died spiritually. And in fact, the Bible says he was slain before the foundation of the world. But he did what? He many. He says, according to the foreordination of God, he was slain before the foundation of the world. But in, now in this life, it has been manifested. Why? It's a genetical thing. That's where I want us to head into. Because he says, how are you going to achieve a cleansing and a sanctification and purification is through the baptism of the washing of the water and the, of the word. Right? But remember, the word goes with two witnesses the word doesn't go alone the word doesn't testify of itself the word goes with two witnesses the blood and the spirit it says there are two three witnesses that testify the blood the word and the spirit on earth he says the blood the water and the spirit <laughs> blood blood testifies blood speaks Oh, okay, Arbaleng, Alba, Arbaleng, Genesis 4. Leviticus when we are about to close because I think we'll continue tomorrow. Genesis chapter, is it Genesis 4? Am I right? Cain. Cain, right? Let's read. Verse, verse, uh, Yeah, verse, verse, uh, verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him, slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? 
That means, you see, you, you can't talk to someone like this if you're not used to them. This is not God, by the way, he's an angel. You can't communicate if you're not used to a person. Am I my brother's keeper? No fear at all. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I you're talking to God? That means you are, you, you are constantly seeing this person, relating with this person. And he said, what hast thou done? Let's read. The voice. <laughs> the, the, the voice. The voice. The voice of thy brother's br- blood. The voice of your brother's blood. So the blood has a voice. Sound, the sound, the frequency of your brother's blood. He says, crieth unto me from the ground. The voice. The voice of your brother's blood. He says, it's crying. <laughs> God, is, God is hearing it. That means God is the only one that can hear the voice of blood. That means spirits have a relationship to blood. I'll repeat it. Spirits have a relationship to blood. <laughs> I'll show you why spirits have a relationship to blood. Leviticus 17. Because he said, it, I'm hearing the voice. Now, now, Cain wasn't hearing it. So human beings are, are deaf to the sound. But it's a frequency that can be heard in the spirit. Let's read. Uh, uh, Leviticus chapter 17. Leviticus chapter 17. <sighs> Last week I told you that uh, God was Israel's nutritionist, right? You'll see a part of it here. Verse 10. And whatsoever man they be of the house of Israel or the strangers that sojourn among you that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood. This God. So I'll set my, my face. medium rare. Medium rare steak. Juicy steak. You wonder why you're having troubles in life. Your blood eater. Kerata steaks are actually juicy. And really, that's nice. Delicious. Why is it delicious? Why is it delicious, Nobs? Your blood eater. Let's, let's go. So remember what I said to you, right? I said, uh, blood is the spiritual terminology for the biological term of DNA and genetics, genes and so forth. 
blood. That's that's blood. What? Ingi? And I said to you, God gave you the Holy Spirit to regulate your life or the life of your body. So you should not experience organ failure when you have the Holy Ghost. You should not be experiencing any, any blood disorder, any blood disease, any blood when you have the Holy Ghost. Because your life as a Christian in Christ is regulated by the life force of the Holy Ghost. Until, until their body is totally redeemed. Let's read. He says, and I will cut him off among his people. Verse number 11. For the life of the flesh. For the? Life. For the? Life. It nepes. It is for the nepes. Yeah? The nepes of the? The nepes of the? The life of the flesh is where? Notice, as I are the life of the spirit, are the life of the body. The life of the body is in the. So the blood, I mean the blood, is the soul of the body. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay, Mike, Genesis chapter two. Verse 7. What Bible, what, what, what Bible you use there? What app you use there? Olive tree. Yeah? With Strong's. You have Strong's. You have Strong's. You have Strong's. Okay, go to Revelation. I mean, uh, Leviticus. Just two. Just take your two. No, look. Two hands. No, two hands, Mike. Yeah, just swipe backward. Yeah, there, there it is. Leviticus chapter 17. Oh, hell. <laughs> do your thing, do your thing. <laughs> read, read, read. Read. You have it, right? Read. Leviticus 17, 11. You have strongs, ne? Yes. Okay, sharp. For, read, 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 first read that verse. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make the atonement for your soul. Did you see that? Magdagonga. He says, I have given you, look at this. He says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar, yeah? To make atonement for your soul. Hey. So blood, 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 blood can atone for the soul. Blood. God says blood on the altar can atone for the soul. Do you get it? No, you don't. No, you don't. He said, I don't want you to eat blood because blood is not for eating. Blood is for atonement. And the atonement of the? Okay, so Mike, do this for me. 
press their life. What's coming out? Yeah, of what? <laughs> Nepes, right? Nepes. Check soul there. Check soul. So, so both nepes or both uses of life and soul is the Hebrew word nepes. Are you following? So he says, the nepes of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it you upon the altar for the atonement of the nepes. You follow? You follow? Click, no, click atonement there. Yeah? What does it mean? Yeah? To what? To purge. Yeah? Yeah? Forgive. Atonement. Cleansed. So he says, blood is meant for the cleansing of the soul. Yeah. Yet, it is the life of the flesh. So, click, click on life again. I want to show you something. This is how you study the Bible. If you want to understand certain concepts and certain words. Right? Click search. Search down there. Down, down. Genesis, it will pop Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 there. Right? Read Genesis 2, 7. Go into it. I want you to go into it. And the Lord God, I want to show you something. It's a mystery. It's a... It's a... Yeah. He formed him of the dust of the ground. Of clay, right? So man did not have any blood. Because he did not have life. Read. And God breathed. So how did Adam receive his life? Right, read. And breathe into the nostrils of man. Yeah? The breath. The breath, the breath of? Life. Click life there. Hey. Again? Yeah, read there, read there, read there what hey means. Hey, to live, right? So God breathed on him the breath of life, right? Hey. Then listen to what the Bible says. And man became pressed soul there. Nepes. What, what do you find there? Nepes. God and man became a living soul after God breathed into him. So how was the blood transfused into Adam? So blood comes from who? From spirit. So spirit, oh my God, blood is the physical presence of an unseen spirit. So the entire soul of man is embodied in blood. So he says, God says, the life, the nepes of the flesh is in the blood. So blood is a spiritual thing. 
Mayatai. Blood is a spiritual thing. He became a living soul. Why? Because God, what did Murimumu Fagileng? Blood. The first transfusion was the breathing of God into man. Okay. I want to go to Adam. I want you to read what Adam means. Read. Man. Read man. Man. Just press man. It's Adam. Just press man. Press man there. No. Press man. Press man. And man became. And there. And man. What's the word there? What The word. The Hebrew word. What's the Hebrew word for man? Read what it means, Mike. Read what it means. Yeah? 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 Look. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I want to show you. Adam. Adam. What does it mean? Read. Adam. What does it mean? To show blood. What does Adam mean? To show no, read the Hebrew word there. What is it? Adam. Read the Hebrew word there. What is it? Adam. What does it mean? Read. Read. What does it mean? What are the chances that the, the first created being is called a red man? What, what, what are the coincidences that the first being, the father of mankind, is called Adam? Man with blood. And blood is the materialization of what? Of life, of spirit. That means the life of God is, is, is manifested in what? Blood. Listen, if, if man has eyes, that means God has eyes. If God has ears, God has uh, um, God has ears. If God has a mouth, God has, He's made in the image of God. And the thing that, that stamped it was what? Blood. God has. God has. God has. God has. It is the life force of the flesh. Blood. Your blood transports life to every organ in your body. Your blood transports oxygen, transports cells, transports uh, 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 minerals, transports vitamins. Your, your entire life in the flesh is encased in blood. And he says that blood has a voice. The blood can talk. So, where was Adam contaminated? 
And he, God says, the use of the blood was for what? It is, the blood is to purge. It is to cleanse. It is to reconcile. Eh? Eh? It is to purify. That's what the blood is used for. That's what God said the blood on the altar is used for. When Adam sinned, what was the first thing God did? He killed. <laughs> what did he do? He slaughtered them. And that thing atoned for their sin. It didn't remove it. It atoned in, 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 in the legal justice system of God. It atoned. God couldn't touch them. So he put them out. The sin would deal with them. The corruption in the blood would deal with them. <laughs> now we are getting into the meat of this thing so really satan wanted to have access through what the bloodstream of man let me read you something ne? Uh, let me read you something in in jesha 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 is not a it's not, it's not uh, regarded as uh, the canon of Scripture, but it is coded in the Scripture. That means there's, there's an element of... In fact, not even an element. There's truth there. Amen. Let me read you uh, Jesha. Let me read you Jesha. Listen to this. Right? And their judges and rulers went to the daughters of men and took their wives by force from their husband according to their choice. And the sons of men in those days took cattle from the earth. You see that? Did, did, did you hear that? And the sons of men in those days did what? They, they married cattle. They took cattle of the earth and the beasts of the field and the fowls of the earth and taught the mixture of animals. And taught the of animals or one species with another in order therewith. Listen what, what the angels, these fallen angels were doing. In order therewith to provoke the Lord. He says they did all this. Satan was doing all this to do what? To provoke the Lord. Now, now, I mean, God is God. He ain't, he ain't easily provoked. But, but Genesis 6 proves to us that God was harmed. God was hurt, was bruised. Those act. Oh, Mara. Okay, Genesis 6. No, Genesis 6. Imagine if, if, if God was ever hurt by something. It was the hybridization of species. It, it bruised him. Go! The Bible says, okay, let's read it. Let's read it. My God. Genesis 6, ne? find it, and the Lord was sorry. Yeah? And the Lord was sorry. Read there, Mike. Sorry. Yeah? Grieve. 
Read, read the Hebrew word. Yeah? Read what you see. Yeah? 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 I see you. Did you hear that? <laughs> it messed God up. At the console, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God regretted making men. God. He regretted. I regret making him. Yeah, read why he regretted, Chris. That he had made men on the earth. Yeah. And he was grieved in his heart. Oh. It was messed up. If I mean, the Lord, the Bible says he's slow to anger. That's what the Bible says. God is slow to anger. Long suffering. But more. It was a low blow. Satan gave it to... He felt it. To the point that it grieved him that he made man, Yeah. Look, look at what that regret moved him to. Look at the decision. I mean, if you read that, you'd be like, how mara, how mu, how mu, Lord, that's a bit harsh. God said, I'll destroy everything. S- something about the Lord, ne? Yeah? When God says he's done, he's done. Here, he was done. To the point where he wanted to restart. And this is not the first time God behaves like this. You know where he behaved like this again? With Moses. And let me away. That I may destroy these stiff-necked people. And I'll create in you a great nation. Let me away. God was serious. He was going to wipe them off. And he, wi- he wiped that generation off. Here he was provoked again. To, it was a heartbreak. So God is, has two heartbreaks now. The first heart, heartbreak is in the garden. He didn't destroy man there. He chucked him out. The second heart, heartbreak it happened. Ah, it was too much for God to bear. It, for lack of a better term. But that's what the Bible... Because here's the thing. You, 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 you must always attach... You must always attach the communication with the emotion. So you can't be saying God was grieved. Don't smile. No, I'm sorry I made man, man. No. <laughs> well, hit. Because how this in, entirely annihilate man. Because they provoked. They provoked. They provoked. So the war in the garden was what? Genetic warfare. The war outside the garden was what? Come Jesus Christ. Let me read you some stuff, okay? Let's read, I think we'll, we'll close here. Let's read Hebrews, Hebrews 9. <laughs> Hebrews 9. Life is in, and blood is spiritual. You saw it, okay? Yeah, I just showed it to you now. If you ask, when did Adam get his blood when he was breathed on? So it was a transfusion. Can you see that? It was a transfusion. Man became an appears. One moment. So it was a? Uh, he, You'll need to be online. 
It was a trance. You see it? You see it? And God said, blood is for what? So, we want to know how to do Do you see where the principle comes from? Does the cleansing happen? I ask again, does the cleansing happen? I'm going to hit a bomb now. Blood is what connects humans with spirits. Blood is what connects. So your spirit can't remain in your body without blood. You can't. Oh, it's all. Out. Your spirit can't remain in you because the glue between your, your, your humanity, spirit, soul, and body is blood. How did Jesus reconcile man unto God? How, how, did, how did he do? How did he do it? He says, we have one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. And what is the main thing about Jesus Christ? His blood. <laughs> so blood connected man to God. So blood is what connects spirits to man. It's what marries spirits and man. Then you not, he that is joined unto a hallowed is one spirit with her. <laughs> he that is joined unto the Lord. What joins us with the spirit is the blood of Jesus. Let's read. You, you see, you understand this. You understand this. You have, you have, you have two, two parts of, of the process of genetic cleansing. You, you get this because he says, I have, I have given you blood on the altar for the atonement of the soul. Now you have, a, you have blood greater than the blood of bulls and goats. Imagine if bulls can atone, chickens can atone, the blood of lambs can atone. What more, what much, how much more the blood of Jesus? How much more the blood of a God? You see, this is you see, if if the gospel is given is given in this way to, to African tribes, they'll accept Jesus now. Because they understand, they understand, they understand, they understand the system of blood. They understand they, Africa, they understand blood. Can't tell Africa about blood. They understand it. They understand what it means to enter into blood covenants. And they're using the blood of animals. That's why no Christian can win against the incarnation, I mean, the, against the invocation of a spirit through blood unless they themselves know how to route the power of the blood. You can't win. You, if, 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 if they spill blood for you on an altar for you, if they spill blood for you, 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 better, you better understand your blood covenant because otherwise it's over.
Christian or no Christian? <laughs> I repeat, Christian. Because the strength of that spirit is linked to an altar. Altar where blood must be spilled. Thank God there's an altar where blood was spilled for your life 2,000 years ago. And by that blood, the Bible says you overcame. There is nothing you can overcome by that blood. It's a blood covenant. The Bible calls it the blood of the eternal covenant. We'll get into there uh, somewhere along the line. Once you understand this, Mike, once you understand this, there is nothing, there is, okay, we will, maybe, you know, let me see. Yeah, maybe next week or in two weeks. You see, are you listening to the, to the, to the teachings I'm sending you on the platform? It's not so difficult for you to understand this now that I'm discussing with you. Let's read Hebrews chapter 9 and then let's pray. Are we there? Hallelujah. Uh, 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 uh. Nah, I won't finish here. <laughs> nah, I won't finish here. <laughs> I don't think I'll finish here. I don't think so. Okay, let, let, let's, just, let's just leave that top part. We'll... we'll deal with it next week all right because if i want to finish i should have started here okay let, let, let's just read let's just read verse okay let's read let's read verse six Let's read verse 6. I feel like you, even if I share with this with you now. <laughs> uh, are we there? Ish. Okay. <laughs> okay, verse 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always he's talking about the tabernacle right once the tabernacle was done he says the priests went always into the first tabernacle first tabernacle was the holy place ne? they went into the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of god but into the second that's the holy of holies into the second went the high priest alone once every year not without blood if this thing is spiritual let's just go in the name of jesus father you can't enter heaven without the blood without blood you can't you can't listen nothing unholy steps into the gates of heaven nothing profane so for you to even have access into the throne room of god it must be it must be on the precipice of the blood says not without blood which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people the holy ghost this signifying that 
the way into the holiest of holiest of all was not yet made manifest. He says, them going once a year, it was, it was signifying that the pathway to the Holy of Holies was not yet open for men. So he, he, he only went once in a year. Once a year, once. And it, it was a signification of the fact that the Holy of Holies was not meant for, open for men, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to conscience. I'll explain this next week. Let me just read. Which stood only in meats and drinks, diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ. <laughs> uh, you see, this is the reason, this is the reason I can, I, Lord God. You see, this is what makes you superior to devils. You see, you present this thing before the mightiest of principalities in your life. They will run flying. They will run flying. It says, but Christ, hallelujah, Ba'alebai, came as an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is not of this building. I'll, I'll share next week here. Okay? Uh, I'll share next week. I'll share here. Or maybe what I'll do, probably the week service, I'll, 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 I'll teach on this. He says, <laughs> says, read that part. Read that part. All of you. But Christ came as a high priest of good to, things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Now, how did he come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle? Not made with hands. That is not of this building. What is he saying? The, the body that Jesus used on earth was not from earth. It was not an earthly body. It had the similitude. But it was not. The Bible says he came in the likeness. Not in, in the likeness. Do you understand? No, you don't. He came in the... Now, the, when you say, I saw the likeness of God, did you see God? <laughs> you understand? So he says, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh. So his body looked like a human body. But its constituencies was not from earth. It was not made with human hands. He says, a body thou hast prepared for me. He didn't say a, a womb or Mary. He says, a body you have prepared. God prepared a body for Jesus. Yeah, but no, it's illegal. Hey, who created the first body of man? Wait, wait, wait. Who created the first body of man? The first body of man was created from the raw materials of earth. The second body was not created from the raw materials of earth. That's why the Bible calls him the Lord from heaven. Because the, his body was from the raw materials of the heaven. Yet it had a similitude. If you see an angel now, what would that angel look like? What would that angel look like? You. How? Why not you? How do angels look like? Daniel said, I saw the man. So angels look like men. Right? There's a certain species, they are not called angels. They don't look like men. Right? But certain categorizations of angels, they look like you. Telling you that they have the similitude. Do, do not be aware of entertaining 
strangers. For some of you have entertained angels unaware. We're not not Buddhism against strangers, and it was an angel. Was who, who made it? Did that body come from a human being? No, they come from human beings. What made it? The similitude. So Jesus came with a body, a tabernacle, not made with his hands. Right? Right? That is to say, not of this building. This building. But it was likened to what? The tabernacle. Then listen to what he says. This is why I say I can't finish because here is deep. He says, neither by the blood. He didn't come by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. But by his own. That means his blood was pure. His blood was genetically uncom. Remember, remember, remember. When God told them to give offerings, he said, don't bring me an offering that is what? blemished i want perfect offerings so jesus needed to be the spotless lamb of god the unblemished lamb of god so they 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 shouldn't have been any genetic failure in corruption in his body that's why it was impossible for mary to provide a body because mary was was of adam and she was what sin so what Mary provided was the gateway into earth, not the body. God came fully loaded. The only thing that was needed for Mary was a womb. Yeah, yeah. You understand me now? Do, do you understand? So there was, there, 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 there was no imperfection in Jesus. So his blood was unperfect, clean. That's why he would redeem men. So he says he came with his own blood. Ne? He entered in. He entered in once. Masha, into the holy place. Having obtained. Ish, that's why I say even if I talk to you here. Ish, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes, ashes of an ever sprinkling unto the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. He says, how much more? How, how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ, who offered himself through the eternal spirit, do what? Cleanse your what? Your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Uh, I didn't really. Let me read chapter 10 to make you go home and think. I'll, 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 I'll continue here next week. Right? But this is, this, is, this, is the, this is the road. This is the road, the path to genetic perfection. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. I get a lot about I plead the blood. I plead. No, you don't, that's not how you use the blood. I plead the blood. Lord, I've, you've been doing it all your life. By the blood. Come on, D. They are trying, but it's not the way. Okay, let's read chapter 10 quickly. Go on, say what the blood did. 
Go on to what the blood did. Hallelujah. Shapariataka. Where's me? Lean toza brada da da casa tea. Agata sete kezeke pata bahaya. You there? You there? Read chapter 10, verse number. Verse 14. Go. <laughs> chapter 10, verse 14. Okay, no, let's read from verse 10. But our end goal is verse 14. And then we, we pray. Amen. Read verse 14. He says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering. What the hell is King James saying now here? By the way, <laughs> oh, King James sometimes. For one, let's read. Chris, no, just go there, go to... Uh, yeah, just give him that thing. Yeah. Yeah, then it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, boy. Don't worry, my boy. We've been doing this for a long time. But said, by, by, by that, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of jesus christ you you, you see what how, how you can how you can you can leave you can leave sickness free sin free disease free genetic failure free by by just connecting to the blood <laughs> ah, lord god oh. <laughs> Ooh, lord verse 11 and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, after he had offered one, not many, one, this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, one for sins he sat down at the right hand of it was done now the blood will do everything jesus does not need to do anything because blood is spilled he can sit until the blood have its cause in the universe just after he offered blood for sins one sacrifice he says he sat down. It was done. That means all God needed to do was bleed. He was bleed. The, the bleeding of God was enough. He says you have come not unto what? Mount, Mount Sinai but unto Mount Zion. Unto the blood of Jesus that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. No prayer can be resisted on this wise. 
No disease can stand on this wise. Because if the moment, the moment sickness, disease, devils try to, try to latch themselves on your body, if you know how to let the blood speak, they can't, stay, they can't tolerate the sound of the blood. You know, there are certain frequencies that repel mice, that repel rats. You get there, you put those frequencies there, rats can't stay. There are certain creatures that are insensitive. They, are, they, they cannot tolerate certain frequency levels. The blood is like that. There are devils that can... All devils can, can't tolerate the responsive frequency of the blood. His one for all, he sat down. Because Jesus is seated, I can utilize the power of the blood. To cleanse my genetic imperfections. He says we will be sanctified by the sacrifice of one man. So sanctification of the flesh, of the genes of the blood. Remember, the blood did not atone for our sins. The blood rid our sins. It uprooted them. Maybe you, when the Bible says, and Jesus became sin, you know what that means? It means he absorbed sin. All the sin of the world. He, he became like the dustbin of all the dead, the universe of the world. Yet it still did not defile him. It gobbled up sin. You know, Pastor, can you prove it? Yeah, I can prove it. The Bible says, God said to Moses, when he gets before Sparrow, he must throw down his rod and his rod will become a serpent. And all the magicians did the same and their rods became serpent. And the Bible says, and the serpent, the rod of Moses ate up all other serpent. And, and what, what, what is a serpent? What is a serpent? It is the figment of judgment. When, when Israel sinned, what did God say to Moses? He said, do what? Build a brazen serpent and put it up. Whoever looks and Jesus came just like the brazen serpent was lifted. So serpent is a sign of judgment. So the same thing that the serpents of Moses did to the, the serpent of Moses did to the serpent of Pharaoh is the same thing Jesus did to sin. He gobbled it up. He absorbed it. And yet he was not defiled. He died because he chose to. Not because of the pressures of sin. He said, this thing, this power my father has given me. He has given me power to take my life and to lay it down. He says from that time till his enemy. Look, look at what he's going to deal with the enemies of the Lord. Sickness is an enemy of God. Disease is an enemy of God. Death is an enemy of God. Sin is an enemy of God. He said he sat down till all his enemies are under his footstool. Why? Because the blood was spilled. For by one offering, he has perfected. And Noah was righteous and perfect. In all his generation, and by one offering, he has perfected. He has perfected by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. <laughs> Where in the genes, in the blood, 
You don't need sanctification in your spirit. In the blood. Says he, he has perfected. Says if you are being sanctified by what? The blood. You are being perfected. You are being perfected. You are being perfected. So the, 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 the baptism of washing of the water. The, the, the same word there is the word he uses for the word cleanse. Katario. The purging. The removal of radical diseases in the genes. The removal of sin in the flesh. The stains of sin in the flesh. They say every sickness, every disease has its own symptoms. Its signs. The blood has its own symptoms. And one of the symptoms of the blood is holiness. One of the symptoms of the blood is righteousness. One of the symptoms of the blood, my brothers and my sister, is genetic perfection. That's why walking through life with carrying loads of sins and stains and sickness and disease is blasphemy to the power of the blood of Jesus. It is a derailment, an undermining of the sacrifice of Christ. What, what activates the blood is testimony. We'll continue next week. But I hope you see it now. I hope you see that the, the entire warfare that has been ensuing since the garden has been a genetic one has been the race of getting and building a superior species satan has already lost but he will continue to ride on the ignorance And the lack of knowledge and the darkness in the minds of his God's people. You see a Christian allowing sickness to ravage their body, tell them, hey, you believe in the blood, you should not be sick. Because that thing is an enemy that the blood must remove. One, one last scripture. One last scripture. First John. Yeah, first John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, verse 5. And then we pray. You see it now. You see our journey into genetic perfection? You know those 200 million uh, beasts that are led by Apollyon? They're hybrids. They're hybrids. They're not just, they're hybrids. He says they have a face of a lion, the, the, the tails, tails of a snake. Those are hybrids. See, the Bible has had all this thing all the time. <laughs> all the time. He says the sting, the, 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 the sting of a scorpion. Hybrids. 
And that's why when you understand this, it's, it's so easy for you to see the agenda of Satan and how he's carrying it out today before our eyes. What's the logic behind economic, political, and social exclusion if individuals do not receive a vaccination? What's the logic behind it? What's the, what's the logic behind it? No, no, they say they're trying to protect the employees, right? But yet, the very thing that they are mandating them to receive is proven clinically to not be of any help. In fact, it increases the likelihood of you being vulnerable to other variations of a virus. So how is it protecting them if it's still going to put them at risk of receiving or dying of this thing is logic so i'm trying i'm trying to understand the logic behind the mandating of vaccinations right carried out by nations what's the logic no we are trying to protect people how 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 are you protecting people when their own vaccine compromises the person's immune system. How? There's no logic. And remember what I told you. Anything you cannot explain. Anything you cannot explain logically. It has its origins. Its source spiritually. Because you can't explain it. You can't, they can't explain. They cannot give a concise understanding of why and how. Will this save them? If now they are bringing about new things, booster shots, considering pills, what's going on? They say if you took two, now you have to take a booster. After a booster, it will be a triple booster. Then they say, no, we are introducing pills for people to take as supplements. There's no logic. There's no, there's no logic. There's no logic, but the instilling of what? Of fear. And this can only spell out one thing. The spirit, the mystery of lawlessness is at work even now. And we are seeing this mystery working. Blinding the minds of men. Bewitching Christians. I tell you, if, if you if you're considering this thing or even even if even if you took it pray right now while it's still early for your salvation there's no hope for you there's no hope for you your only hope now is if god destroys you now for the preservation of your spirit but don't you dare I might lose my job. Lose your job. What's your job compared to your eternal destiny? What's your job? He makes the rich, the poor, small and great receive a mark 
on their hand, on their forehead. So that no one will be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Who unto you who have received the mark of the beast. For there is no more hope for you. People are saying, is this the mark? It doesn't matter whether it's the mark of the beast or not. It is the spirit that you are accepting. Now, whether it's a mark of the beast or not the mark of the beast, it makes, it makes no difference. What you should be discerning is the spirit. What you should be discerning is the spirit that is forcing, promoting this thing. Antichrist, you can't receive that kind of spirit. You can't fall subservient to that spirit. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. And I said to you, wait 2022. Just give it six months. People will be dying. People will be dying like flies. People will be dying. Oh, you. <laughs> people will be dying like flies. Why are the people promoting it not received it why have they not received it they put on some media show and then and then do some fake things there that are visible to your eyes the fo the folly why do they want to get into your body so much you 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 be crying while your spirit is being snatched out of your body. She says, "Why do the kings of this world and the rulers of the earth gather together against the Lord and His anointed one?" The conspiracy against Christ. Now is the time to gird your loins, to put on the armor and fight. You thought the fight was in the spirit only. No. The fight is in keeping your body. God said to me, Say, son, I can never use you beyond your health. The anointing in your life will always be limited by how healthy you are. <laughs> you will die, Elisha, and your bones will still retain the power to resurrect men, but you will die for falling sick. And the Bible says he was killed by his sickness. A prophet of God and the very bones of his body resurrected a man. It means even if you can find the bones of Elisha now, they retain the power, yet it could not heal him. Don't take sickness lightly. Don't take disease lightly. Those are your opportunities to exercise the power of the 
By yourself, you can't stop it. That's why he said this, sir. By yourself, by yourself, you can't resist sickness, can't resist sin, can't resist disease. That's why he sent his son. That's why he spilled his blood. That he might present her to himself. A glorious church without spot, without wrinkle. This is the true Christianity. And I warn you, stay clear. Keep your ears clear from doctrines that do not lead or establish your roots in Christ. Keep them clear. Keep them clear. If a preacher is known for any other thing more than the gospel of Christ, run away. See, all these all these kids, all these new kids in the block, or, uh, let me not even name names. But all these new kids in the block coming up and preaching some crazy thing. You're going to win. Dream big. Stay clear. Stay clear. Stay. Those are vessels, agents of Lucifer. They are wolves, whether they know it or not. You see, the, 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 the classification of a wolf and a shepherd, a wolf does not need to know they are a wolf. For, for a preacher to be a wolf, he does not need to. Because some, some preachers, some shepherds are wolves and they don't know it. How do you know when you are under the spell of a spirit? You can't know. You, you can't know. Some are some carrying devils all your life. You don't know. But the blood. The blood. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. The blood. Malikouda Kaeda. Says they shall drink any deadly thing. If they shall drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. I said to you next week I'll, I'll teach you about I'll teach you about why it's important to pray for food. Among other things. Why it's important to pray. To pray for food. To why it's important. When you buy your food. Your grocery, lay hands on them. Before, as you leave the parking lot, lay hands on them. You bless it with the word of God. Because truly speaking, truly speaking, truly speaking, truly speaking, truly speaking, they control food. I mean, if you control food, you, you, you have power to manipulate So most of the foods that we eat are they themselves genetically compromised. <laughs> they are genetically compromised. There are some things in those foods that should have killed you by now. 
they erode your integrity, your biological integrity. So you must pray for them. You must. Ah, you learn. You learning something here? Huh? You learning something there? Are you seeing the urgency of the times we are living in? Can you recognize the spirits that are at work and at war for your for your body? For your body. I read a book the other day. Uh, they were proposing transhumanism. And they were speaking about life after humans. <laughs> and there was... Oh, this, this is not just theoretical uh, information. They're actually busy preparing for life after humans. Life after humanity. And they call this class of beings transhumans. Where they will be offering, they will be offering capabilities to override the systems of your brain, to the point where imagine, imagine the challenge, the temptation of being in a classroom with a child that knows everything, or or children that knows everything. They, they, can, they can create algorithms. Talk to computers. And then your child will not know my child. What advantage would your child have not for her or him to want to have what other children have? That's why now they say, you know what they said? Their, their, their focus is children. They, their focus now is children. They are priming them for the next age. That's why now they've created daughters of telling your children you can be anything you want. You can be male or female. You can choose. They're instilling that into children now. That they, they can choose whether they want to be a man or a woman. The days are coming where it will be hard to be a Christian in the sense that you would have to do all that you can to maintain your integrity, your belief in God. But when you start seeing cyborgs, what's your advantage? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is our advantage. He's the only one that can cause us to dumbfold and match every technological advancement that man may bring. We have entered, you see, in the, when, they announce, when they announce the advent of the fourth industrial revolution, life changed. Whether you know it or not, life changed. The introduction was not spelling we are still growing into it. No, they have already put the systems in place. They're talking about now the IoT, Internet of Things. Your, your one-stop shop for everything. Facebookians, where are you? Yeah, Facebook, yeah, Facebook ends. Where you spend half of your day, half of your life on Facebook. Is it effective immediately? You came out, no, we are changing from Facebook to Meta. 
and we are introducing a new platform called metaverse where we can able to interact virtually in a virtual world a virtual world where we can interact with virtual materials where mike mike in 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 northwest and and me here in pretoria can meet up in the meta and chill sit on chairs eat lunch together in the metaverse They can't introduce us things if they do not have the, talk, not the technology for its implementations. It's there. Guess who they're targeting? Young people. Young people. Do you know what it, I mean, the, I think the other, the other time, and Menlin in, in front of uh, the, the new metro, front opposite, there was a game place there and they, they offered virtual uh, roller coaster. You remember that? I think I took my wife on one of it. She got in one of it, they put her there, you just sit. You see what happens to you in Gold Reef City? Person was, <laughs> but, but you're not moving. What's going on? You're not. <laughs> You feel the fall. You feel yourself go up. You feel every movement, but you're not moving. What's going on? The metaverse is here. And once this thing is in full mode, more and more people will be spending time there than here. Because if your life is messed up here in the metaverse, you can be a billionaire, have a mansion, live in a nice cool house. You know how they introduce it through gaming? Gaming was the first. You know you can game and you think it's 30 minutes. You find it's 8 hours. It's because the frequencies in the games, they've tested that they stimulate and they, they put, I mean they, they transmit certain frequencies that stimulate certain part of the brain that entrains it. But now they took it the next step, this, the virtual reality. Now it's no longer virtual reality. Is you can interact. You understand? You can interact with space and time. The fourth industrial, the Internet of Things, where your car can talk to your microwave, your microwave can talk to your phone, your phone can talk to your watch, your watch without you. Without you, they can talk by themselves. What are they doing? They are giving consciousness. Consciousness. Talking about intel, in, 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 uh, 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 AI, artificial intelligence. They are giving consciousness to it. Google had to shut down its AI program when they found out that the program started communicating with each other outside the coding they did. It started communicating. <laughs> That's why I said to you when I was talking to you about the spirit of Antichrist, I said the image of the beast is, is an artificial intelligence. It, what else can it be? What, what else can it be? Me and you. 
What's our advantage? Blood. The blood. It says, by, by the blood of the Lamb, they overcame. We, will, we can overcome any system. Listen to me. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. So what I do normally is if I, if I buy books, right? And then I read them later. So I bought, I bought a book by... What's this guy? Uh, what's the name of this book? Yeah, George Mueller. I bought it think three months ago autobiography and so forth i bought it and then just yes on wednesday i did, i had a strong impression to read that book throughout the day so at night late at night i got a hold of it i read it let me read you what this guy said <laughs> let me read you what this guy said Okay, let me, let me, he says, he watched and he saw how professionals and people in Korea live, constantly live in fear of losing their job and making ends meet. And then he had a desire to exemplify a life where God can supply the needs of a professional without them ever needing to work. And then he looked at the businessmen, how they, their conscience was constantly afflicted, doing business and dealing with all the dangers, the snares of business, of cheating and so forth, and still having to maintain a clear conscience before God. And he wanted to show how business can be done in the purity of spirit and character of God. And then he said he looked at another class of people who were struggling to live day in, day out, not knowing what to do. And then he said he resolved, he resolved, he resolved that God should use him to demonstrate how a man in this world can have all and do all with nothing but prayer and faith and then he said the best way to do this was to begin a home offer orphans and he set out the man through his life built orphans around the world and he said he asked nobody but god never had he asked a man for any help but god at the end of his life he said i have proven that a man can live through life but by nothing. But by nothing than prayer and faith. Your faith in God is about to be tested. It's about, and it's being tested right now even as we speak being tested outside, being tested inside. Your goal in life 
should be to find the God who answers prayer. Because the day you find that God, you never need dependency on anything in this world. God. You, you can ask God, please, send somebody to help me. <laughs> Lord, please, send somebody to, 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 to aid me in this. God, send help through someone. Listen, God's answers to prayer is always through man. Once we understand the system of prayer, once we understand the system, the system and the reason why prayer was enforced into the design of man, you would know in life, you don't need a job. You don't need a business. I've been preaching this to you for years. For years I've been preaching this to you. Now the very job you've been holding on to is being threatened. The very freedoms you've been holding on to is threatened. And the very thing that should have been the sustaining principle of your life probably is not as built as it should be. But I still reiterate. Discover the God who answers prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My goal, brethren, in teaching you the word of God is not to fill you with knowledge. Is not to fill you with knowledge. My goal is that through the teachings and the ministry of the word, the Holy Ghost can take you and lead you right into the thrones of truth and give you an experience in truth. That's, that's, that's my desire. It's not about knowledge. It's about living truth and continuing in truth because that's what liberates. It's not knowing truth. It's continuing in the truth. It's not knowing truth. It's walking in the truth that frees you, that liberates you into the experience of that truth. And I hope, I hope, I know, a third is guaranteed, but I hope everybody would take these teachings. You see, you don't change because you heard the word of God once. You changed because you were permanently exposed to the word. Continue in the word. Continue. 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 That's the secret. That's the difference between a Christian who listens to the word once a day or week than a Christian who is constantly in the word, who lives in the word. That's the difference. Do you think they will have the same life in quality? Do you think they will experience the same in blessing, in grace, in, in flow of spirit? No. You can't. Impossible. You can't. Impossible. Impossible. The one will be in one month, maybe a hundred paces from the one who was just dabbling in the word. Bless the Lord. Father, we thank you.